pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show. I'm your host, Harry, and joined by me today, I have the uh, number one seed, the finals leader in our semi-final this week, Nelson Dale. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good, mate. I'm, I'm pretty stoked with how the season's gone. Ten wins, two losses, and... Uh, I can't complain. Yeah, that's enough out of you. And uh, and the man on the other side of the coin that is absolutely cheering, he avoided the bottom two by a bee's dick in uh, the old, old measurements. David Carr-Greg, how are you going, mate? Congratulations on not being in the Wooden Spoon playoff. Very good. Thank you. Look, I did, when you said uh, introducing the top of the table, I did raise my hand. I know you can't see me on the video at the moment just to see if the listeners, um, who they would believe more. But um, the astute listeners who've been with us throughout the season uh, would know that it's not been my year. But, um, no. mate, I was, it was never in doubt, never going to be in the bottom two, mate. That's just not a possibility for you, me. You were definitely in doubt. But, that's, that's but Harry, mate, speaking of uh, not ideal end results, mate, you're joining me in the bottom four. Can you believe it? Um, we would normally say probably don't listen to anything that we have to say, uh, Harry or myself, because we're in the bottom four. But that would leave just listening to Nelson, and we all know that that is not... Something no, you want. It's not an option. Boys, I'm, I'm just going to have to hang up on both of you. Harry, I know you're next to me. Can you can you leave? I'll just do it for me. I'm pretty sure you're in Harry's house as well. So um, I think... Uh, he- <laughs> My house now. He's enjoying Draft HQ, which I'll have to put a photo up. But look, uh, moving on, guys. My thought for this week before we get into the podcast was it's a very real chance that one of the New Zealand sides could win all five games and not make finals. And the only reason I was thinking about this is because, as you both know, I'm flying to New Zealand and I've booked a ticket for Christchurch for the grand final day, just assuming they're hosting. But they dropped a bonus point. They dropped an attacking bonus point. They are a good chance of not hosting finals immediately. If if this helps you, though, they've got the Force and the Rebels. I know they're going to get three more bonus points. They're two more bonus points now. Whereas we need the Reds or the Brumbies to both of them to take a bonus point off the other two sides, the the, Hurricanes and The Canes could could lose to the Reds. And the Brums could take a bonus point. You guys have put up some crazy punts, to be fair, over the uh, over the season. But do you know what I reckon the, the airline should have done? The airline should have done a, um, uh, you know, we'll refund your flight if the Crusaders aren't hosting the home final type job. They, they, they really should have, you know, jumped on that type of uh, bandwagon. I think that would have been fair. But yeah. no, one will, no one will criticise you, Harry, for, for assuming Crusaders are hosting the final. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and the thing is that, you, well, you just expect that they're going to host it, but the, they have actually gotten two attacking bonus points out of three rounds so far. So it's just crazy that oh. they, that could be enough not to actually do it. I, I think they're in. Just just count them in. Look, the Blues have got the Reds and the, the Brumbies. They've got the Reds and the no, – sorry, they've got the Reds and the – oh, the Force, that's not too hard. But they, they'll struggle against the Reds. <laughs> nice. The Blues, the Blues have um, – no, sorry, yeah, the Hurricanes who are up there, they have the Reds and the Brumbies. That was really clear and concise, Nels. Thanks. Um, Canes, Reds, Brumbies. They're not going to stay up there. Yeah, I love you. I love your confidence anyway. So we got the, we got the table up there. My worry is the bonus points. You know, they've dropped one. The Crusaders cannot afford not to lose another one. When we get to the Highlanders game, that'll be ultra relevant in terms of how that game unfolded <clears> and how dead set they were on making sure they score a bonus point, but it didn't happen. But without further ado, I think that's probably the perfect bridge, fellas, to get into our... Uh, 
our entree for the evening, mm-hmm. which is round two of Super, sorry, round three of Super Rugby Trans Tasman. And the first game of the week was the Hurricanes versus the Force. The Hurricanes getting up 43 to six. What did you guys think of this one? Look, this was the, the first match for the Force that they really looked out of it in Trans Tasman. And I don't know if it was something to do with the travel and not being actually in WA, but they just didn't really seem, you know, what we expected from recent weeks. weeks which is more than we probably expected coming into Trans-Tasman, to be fair. They've been punching above their weight. But, look, the, the Canes, they kicked really poorly, um, but it didn't stop them scoring lots and lots of tries. Basically, off any force mistake, they managed to, you know, where, wherever it was on their own you know, defensive line, they'd still run the full field and score. So I think there was a couple of intercepts out of it. Um, is it the age, mate? Is it every Western, every line break from the Hurricanes was a full field try? Is it just the uh, the old legs not being able to turn a chance? Uh, I don't know. Didn't we say Kahui outpaced Oliver <laughs> Feller? Was it? Or, yeah, Oliver yeah, Feller. Yeah. Like Oliver Feller is a young man. <laughs> and an English, England <laughs> sevens player. Yeah, there is, there is no excuse. But yeah, Al Moua just taking his chance, scoring that 60 metre try off a, uh, you know, a long throw and a line out mistake. Ray Arcee, that 80-metre intercept try. It's, the, the thing is the force need to keep a game tight so that they can have a sniff and, and kind of play their style of footy and, you know, shut down that the, the attack, attacking threats. But It'll be interesting say- with the Hurricanes, right? I'm sure we discussed last week if we uh, wind back the tape that um, particularly, I, mean, I guess even looking at the first round, Hurricanes versus Tars, the Hurricanes have fantastic all-out attack, but they have uh, struggled indeed quite a lot. Um, and look, I think we've said kind of all year a theme has been about the force that um, they have presented some fantastic defense, some of the best defense in Super Rugby AU, um, but they have seriously lacked attack. And so this was kind of an all out attacking Hurricanes team against a defensive team. And uh, so I guess the Hurricanes were not really ever going to worried about losing many. Um, they went to touch every single time. Yeah, they weren't worried about getting tries scored against them. But yeah, man, the the, the force. I don't know what where the breakdown was, but their their D was certainly not up to scratch. Um, so nowhere near what it was like in the first round against the Chiefs. It was unbelievable. There were opportunistic tries, man. Like yeah, definitely. there was a drop pass that Rayasi put in his toe that popped back into his hands and he goes the length. There was an overthrow for a line out that went to Amu. I think it was an overthrow. Yeah, off the back of the line out and he went 60 meters. Like you just can't you can't defend that. Like they're, they're just too good, too they're quick. Just, but then on, on, on top of that, like uh, don't worry, you go, you go. Don't yeah, no, it was just Definitely, it was it was not necessary class in every step of the match. It was taking opportunities, even if they were just this little glimmer of of something. The the Hurricanes pulled it out amazingly. Yeah. Um, well, the the other one. I was going to say last point on that one. Artie Severe coming back, the inspirational captain. Uh, just in case anyone forgot how good he is, his first involvement on the field just makes an absolutely incredible uh, turnover in a a breakdown, just like five people hanging off him. And you're like, yep, all right, he's, he's back. <laughs> My one thing is people need to stop talking about Kariffi being good because he is, you know, he's just not even close, should not even be thrown out there. And any talk about All Blacks, anything like that. Why do they keep talking about who's going to be the All Blacks seven when it's clearly going to be Artie Severe? I don't understand. Well, it should be Artie Severe. Artie might be eight. I don't understand. Well, I mean, that's that's the why there's that discussion there. But... He's they have such a wealth of six and eights that uh, I don't I don't understand that logic. But um, anyway, there you go. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. 
Look, um, I, I thought this one as well, the Hurricanes mentality and, and that through the rest of the competition, this was the round that I think all the Kiwi sides realised that they all had to score attacking bonus points as well. And I think it had all clicked in this week. And that takes us to the Waratahs versus Crusaders, 28 to 54. The Waratahs were in it for probably 60, 50, 60 minutes. Yeah, they were, they were looking pretty good. Not good, but they were very competitive. And then the Crusaders just turned the screws and it kind of blew out a little bit and it kind of got away from them in the end with that end scoreline. But, I mean, I just think it's unfair that the Crusaders were literally allowed to put Fanger and Nuku, Sebu Reese and Manasa Mateli all in one back line. Like, there's not even counting Richie Moonga, who's probably the most dominant player in Super Rugby ever. But those three big big men, like, <laughs> that's completely unfair. That's not a Waratahs defence problem. That's like... They've gone above the, I don't know, skill allowance or threshold allowance. Yes. You can't, you're not allowed that. Uh, yeah, some competitions have thresholds of how many international oh, okay. players can be in a team. There should be a threshold of how many just amazing outside backs can be in a team. We, we, yeah. know, we know New Zealand rugby doesn't have a salary cap, but please can we introduce the skill cap? Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. On that, look, I, I thought the, the Waratahs played quite well in the first 40 minutes, but they just didn't use the win. They had a howling win behind them. They didn't kick much field position. They ran a lot of ball. They kicked a couple of penalties. And I think they went into halftime in touch. I think it was 24 to six or something like that. And they, they looked like they were a chance, but I think they really missed a trick and actually trying to take a few more opportunities to go for the line. And I think that's what kind of told in the end. The Crusaders probably took 20 minutes in the second half of not playing good footy until yeah. they kind of realized that they could actually have a bit more of a dig, play a bit more field position, then cut them open. Yeah. Like they forgot who they were playing for a little bit. Then they were like, oh, hold on. Is this, is this the Warriors we're playing? Oh, let's, I, mean, uh, I, I think the opposite. Yeah. I think they were just trying to attack from everywhere rather than just plug the corners and actually play some field position and create some pressure. I think some credit's got to go, again, to that Waratahs attack. I, I think at points the defence was You mean improved. Isaiah Parisi? Isaiah Parisi. <laughs> ten, ten tackle busts himself. But, no, like, I mean, that centre pairing, oh, I really like the look of Donaldson and, and Harrison as individual talents, and then if they have more time, game time together, I think there are some some clear positives there. I, I like Maddox on the wing. I don't think he's been well good enough at fullback, and we just need to find another winger. He was good at wing. Yeah. We called it. We, yeah. we wanted it. It was great. It was. I think I'll jump in and say topically, like, you know, we often talk about our points from the weekend, and mine was, we've already touched on it, Isaiah Parisi. You know, we talk about players who play at 110%. Um, I don't know if there's any players in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman that play the game as hard as Isaiah Parisi. I absolutely love him. Mm. Mate, <laughs> I, I, I frothed on this guy back from NRC days. He, you have, absolutely. I'll, I'll give credit. I certainly wasn't frothing on it anywhere nearly as much when he signed with the Tars. Nelson was uh, was super keen, but mate, he he plays the game every every interaction as if as if his life is on the line, and I absolutely love it. So my moment from this week's uh, this round of Super Rugby Trans Tasman was his try where he uh, broke the line, sprinting at full pace, a step back inside, and he bumps off. Lester Fyanganuku sends him flying, uh, which and, and they'd been going at each other all game. It was it was awesome seeing like it was almost like Harry's dog, like the little staffy going up against you know a bloody great Dane. Um, and yeah, that was just huge. I thought. So Parisi's one eighty centimeters and ninety one kilos against Lester Fyanganuku, who's one eighty eight and 109 kilos. Yeah. It's 18 kilos heavier. It was so good. It was just like, and the best thing is Parisi's chat, like you did hear it. So I don't know if you guys heard at some point, they had the refs mic on. He's just, he's going off and he's fighting with him the whole game. And, you know, you could hear the Crusaders being like, 
look at the scoreboard, man, whatever. And he, he just didn't care. He's like, mate, I've just sent you flying Fire Neku and it's going to try through you, okay? I don't care, all right? It's, it's the best. I love I it. I love that in the last minute, the Waratahs have a penalty of five metres out and it's Parisi that they've given the ball to tap and try and get over the line. It's like, should we get Harry Johnson Holmes, who's the most yeah. trying? Or, or Angus Bell? No, 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 no. Give it, give it straight to Isaiah Parisi. He'll get through the forward back. Oh, mate. It was literally like, you know, one of the greatest movies, Man on, on Fire of, of all time. It was oh, literally yeah. Man yeah. on Fire 2, Isaiah Parisi, the story. It was, it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. I'm with you 100%. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the Crusaders, what can you say about them? <laughs> They're too good. They're too good. <laughs> and I hope they get the home final. <laughs> I'm not fast. Fast. <laughs> Blues, 38, Brumbies to 10. Now, this is probably the most disappointing game of the round for us, or for me at least. Yep. I thought the Brumbies were completely <clears throat> outclassed. I thought the Blues just kind of turned the screws, kept the pressure on, and the, the gap just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and they didn't seem to have a lot of answers. I thought... Um, there was a moment there where Josh Goodhue, uh, we hope he's okay, but, but rolled his ankle pretty badly. And Patrick Tuopolotu entered the field early. And I just went, oh, man, mm. this is awful news for the Brumbies. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. If you've got Tuopolotu come back on, that was the 33rd minute. Yeah. And, I mean, at that and, and point... Who, who comes on after him? It's like, oh, Akiriwani is the next person yeah. to enter the field. He's like, come on, man, what is this? That's not fair. I, I think let's just point out Harry's point, right? At the 34th minute, Connell McKinnery scored a try and converted. So then the Brumbies were up. At that point, 10-7. Then for the next 45 minutes, they didn't score a single point and had 31 points scored against them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we, we said last week, it's it worries us how good the Blues can be with Patrick Tuopolotu back into the starting side because he has been such a talisman for them. Yeah. And I, I think we saw that. I, th- I think a Terra Black... You know, hands off to him. We've been bagging him every week, particularly me. He played. He, <laughs> he, he looked very good against the Brumbies. I don't think he's their long-term answer. I stand by that. But he had a cracky game. I thought he he looked very very good as you well. And you don't think he's just, their long-term answer over Burton Barrett? Yeah, or Stephen Perr franchise, <laughs> mate. I don't care. Anyway, the other one for me. This is my my moment of the week was that Finlay Christie try. Oh, yeah, he just beat. I think it was six or seven <clears throat> tackles and just ran six hundred meters from memory. It was insane. I've never ever seen him have a run like that in Super Rugby. For anyone, I mean, we've we've talked him up. I talked him up the last few weeks and said you should have picked him up. Maybe he would help you make the finals. But Actually, we, right. yeah, it could have. <laughs> uh, I if if anyone's interested, I mean, hit us up on on Twitter and say, you know, start bench. Who do we think we should be starting? I I got a couple on the weekend, and and one was, do I start Finlay Christie? Or do I stand, start Campbell? Is it the nine from Hurricanes? And I go, you definitely start Finlay Christie. Like, unquestionably, you start him. And he absolutely destroyed it. Yeah, yeah, mate. That's the first yeah. time he's ever done that. I was going to say, too, yeah, that's probably the, the best game of his life. Uh, so He used to always be sick. We loved him. He's a good. He's a really good player. He's just not a like, fantastic think- the important thing is that, look, we had all said at the start of the year how much we expected him to be the first right. choice for sure. Yeah. And it did, he did take his time working into that position. I know he was injured for a little bit, but um, mm. even the comment, the Kiwi commentators were saying he's definitely the first choice <laughs> now, you know what I mean? So Exciting. How about the Reds versus Chiefs? This is probably, I would say, I speak for all of us, our favourite game of the week, particularly the first half, actually. Yeah. Maybe just the first half, really. If you oh, haven't yeah. watched it, stop there. You know what I mean? Just tune yeah. out. Don't worry. Was it a game of two halves? 
That was game one half. I turned <laughs> it off after that. So the Reds got up 40 to 34, but let's let's focus on the fact that it was 33 to 3 at half time. Um Isaac, Isaac Henry uh scored the second try of the game to go up 14-3. And then when they beautiful got... line. That was a that was a 9-10-12 off the back of a scrum, and you just hit an um, awesome line, simple stuff. Yeah. What, what a debut! If we're talking about class, starting debut. He's, yeah. he's definitely one to watch, mate. Like they—they they just have such a plethora of talent. They've got the Creighton brothers, Mac Greeley, these other youngsters that we haven't even like spoken of or heard of that are coming through in the next couple of years. It's insane the amount of backline talent that the Reds have. Oh yeah, yeah. One one thing about him is they gave him a few years to play first grade with adults before they threw him into Super Rugby, and mm. and look how good. It has clearly worked for him. Like he's playing like a, a, a you know a controlled, stable player. I mean, it's very, very early on in his career to to, to say this, but I mean, Jordy Pattaya, those sorts of guys need game time without that pressure on them playing against adults before you're throwing them in the deep end against you know Kiwis. Oh, mate, stop backing Jordy Pattaya, mate. Do you remember how good he played against bloody England in the World Cup where we just threw him in there? He's the best. Yes, Jordy Pattaya. I've got to say, um, this is the first time I've been disappointed for the 20-minute red card rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, we need to score more points. But the Reds just went nuts. When, when they had that advantage, yes, 13 men for a few minutes as well. But there, there was a period there where DMAC was off for 20 minutes and the Reds just scored try after try after try after try before they before the, uh, the end of the first half. And they were phenomenal. They really took their opportunity. In the second half, credit to the Chiefs, they came through and they belted the Reds, I think, in that second half, particularly late in the game. But, look, I, I want to say the same thing as I've been criticising the late flurries from Australian sides. I'll criticise the or I'll downplay the late flurry from the Chiefs. The Reds were miles ahead, mate. They stopped trying as much. They lost focus. Mm. They did not play good footy in the second half by any means. Yeah, sure, part of it was the Chiefs playing that way. But, but you're up 33-3. to three. You're on top of the world. They lost focus, let's be honest. They, look, they definitely lost focus. And, and you look at... You know, the players that came on for both teams and the impact they had, you've got your Fraser McWrights, um, your your Kalani Thomas, he he had some, you know, big mistakes in defense. Fraser McWright, yeah, wasn't wasn't that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they didn't play as well as you'd kind of hoped from them coming on. Um, yeah, Uru, we would have you would have expected big things. Yeah. Throw Cessier, you know, these players you, you expect a bit more from coming on. Mm. And they, they entered a game that they thought they almost had locked down and it, it, it was a negative fright at the end there, wasn't it? Oh, Tra- sure. Tra- Tra- hogging the ball on that left side, oh. should have just passed it and yeah. they could have scored another try. It almost cost them the whole game if you look back at it. Yeah. The interesting thing is, and tell me if I'm just being, if I'm wrong here, but yeah. if, you, if you're a Kiwi fan, you're watching this and, the, and the, the results the other way around, like the scoreboard's the other way around, you're thinking, there's no way the Chiefs are losing this game. But as an Aussie <laughs> fan watching this game, I was like, Oh, like the Reds could lose this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last 10 minutes, I agree. I, I thought uh, we, we mentioned Isaac Henry, but how about Caleb Trask? How good was he at 10? Yeah. I was impressed with him, to be fair, in Aotearoa. I thought that uh, they, they all did a pretty good good job with Gatland as well. But, man, he had a cracking game as well when he starts slotted into first five as well. And he just attacks the line so hard. And it just shows that they really need to give time to, to Gatland and Trask to continue. Well, yeah, he really stepped up with the loss of McKenzie. But uh, I mean, I think I've been saying that all year when we had been discussing Gatland or Trask. And I just said, look, Tr- the Chiefs are about all that attack. And Trask, just the way he attacks that line, something Bryn Gatland doesn't have in his game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And you definitely did say that. And I, I think that was even more 
important without DMAC. With mm-hmm. DMAC, it's a little bit different, and Gatlin can play his game, and you still got DMAC injecting himself. But without DMAC, I think Trask has to be your man moving forward. That's true. Um, I think I was just going to say last point in this game. I might have put it in the um, in the preview, but it happened this week. Was uh, speaking of halfback tries, we talked about uh, Finlay Christie, mate Xavier Rowe, mm-hmm. the reserve halfback. He scored an absolute streamer as well. Um, down, the, down the wing. Yeah, down the wing. I, I, it was probably like half the field he covered, a few busts. But um, he was that the last try the Chiefs scored just before they were getting real yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, that was an absolute ripper. That's try. when I started to panic. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was worth mentioning. Let's let's jump across to the final game of the the week: the Highlanders beating the Rebels forty-two to twenty-seven. Look, I mean, we we never really thought the Rebels were going to be in this. I think they had chances in this game that, you know, they they, they, would. they proved that they actually, you know, deserved not to be taken too lightly. But And, and the Highlanders out in their new home of Leichhardt uh, in Western Sydney. It was good. Home yeah. game. The, the big <laughs> takeaways for me were the second week in a row with a proper back line, all of a sudden they can attack. Yeah, it was significantly oh, better. D- definitely. I mean, that's something we were talking about in our, our chat. Like, finally, you put... Your nine who comes off the bench as a nine, not on the wing. Yeah. You know, you've got a, a 10 playing at 10 that's a distributor and, and does that job well. You've got Tamua shifted to 12. He's got someone around him to, to help him and let him do his role at 12 a little bit better. The team just gelled and it actually worked better. They scored two tries with um, Corabetti, who hasn't scored all year mm. when they have a you know makeshift backline. It's not a complicated thing. You have to have people doing their roles rather than just throw them on the field and go, well, Lamani can run kind of quick. Let's yeah. put him on the wing. It does help that Carter Gordon has now been growing. You know, that was a good game from him, I thought, thought as well. It was a good step forward for the Rebels. But, look, the difference in this one, I thought, was the, the three tries the Hurricanes scored, the Highlanders, sorry, scored while the Rebels had a man in the bin. It's the same way as the Reds took advantage against the, Chief, the Chiefs. I thought that the Highlanders absolutely took advantage of that yellow card. And then, you know, the, the, the Rebels had a chance to come back, seven minutes to go from time, down by 13 points. Rob Liotta drops a sitter after a phenomenal oh, rubber. Yeah through and chase I, just, I, I can't believe the turn of pace that he yeah. managed to stay in front of I, I can't remember who was in front of it was one of the wingers it was someone quick but no he um and knocks the ball on and that was it I think that was the game they did come back and score another try but I think it was just a bit too late after his defense he was like a super high bounce but I mean he yeah. should have taken that he, he, he yeah. failed to grasp the ball at about shoulder height and, and fumbled it but he he actually I think got tackled without the ball as well which doesn't help but I he, actually, I agree. Yeah, he was. He was. Contact was made before he touched. I think he was tackled without the ball, but I think he was dropping it either way. But I still think he was tackled without the ball. Yeah, I think, I think it's. Right. I think it's probably a knock on, and, and that's that's it. You play on, but I mean, he was tackled without the ball. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I thought it was kind of born hit knock on. Doesn't matter. He dropped the ball anyway. Let's uh, let's push. Kagi, you mentioned your favorite point of the game was that Isaiah Parisi run uh, Nelson. Oh, how good is it just finally to see the the drought broken for for the Aussie sides? And you know they they say you know once you break that drought that it starts to rain heavy. So expect, uh, guys. I was texting my Kiwi mates one in a row. You guys suck. So, like how good's this? Yeah. <laughs> Knowing well that you have to do it, now. it was only going to last yeah. for probably that one day. <laughs> yeah, you, you had you had to take your chance. Then. If I only was... if only they delayed that game and they played Sunday evening, so we could have had a, a full a week. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice. I'll just call the other game a draw. It would have been been even better. But no, yeah, look, they they almost let it go. But boy, oh boy, they took their chances in that first half. And we touched on them. I, I don't need to go into depth, but 
you can just take a bit of a breath, chill out, and go, we got to win. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, my other one was just the the set pieces. All of a sudden, the Aussies can scrum again, and the, the Aussies can't do rolling all day. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's just my takeaway is it's probably interpretation of referees, the way that it's changed so much. They're the same players. Yeah, I agree. It is. You're not coming up against sides you've been playing all year and monitoring as much all year as well. So there is some slight tactical differences in the the Tars. You know, they want 100% of their lineouts, which is, is really solid to see as well. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. I think I said the big scrum battle was going to be the Reds Chiefs, and I think the Red, uh, I said the Chiefs would be surprisingly good, but I think the Reds definitely got up on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Tupo just got to town. Yeah. Uh, so the fantasy man of the round or fantasy man of the week, who other than Will Jordan, ninety points. This guy's a freak. He had fourteen carries for one hundred twenty meters, seven tackle busts, three line breaks, four offloads, a try, two try assists. I'm, I'm yeah, just. All-round brilliant game. Tired reading out the accolades, basically. Yeah, yeah, literally every every stat you can think of, he had them. Then worth a mention, Kagi, do, do you want to take us through this? Yeah, sure. Rayasi and Dabunu, uh, 77 points. Finlay Christie, oh, also 77 points. Um, and a few more, just Parisi, 68 points. Nareki, 67. Suliasi, Vunivalu, 66 points. Woohoo! Um, and the last one, of course, the Waratahs props, Angus Bell and HJH, 66 points each. Getting it done. How good? Good. Yeah. And look, I might have left. I, I can't, I'm too excited. I can't wait for the preview. But, mate, take a guess. What do you think Angus Bell's average is right now? I'll guess. It is It's 60, either high 70s or low 80s. You're talking about in the 61. Tasman? It's 61 in normal comp. It's 61, 61 normal comp. average fantasy points. Higher in Higher than Cody Taylor. He's pushing himself up into that first round of picks. No, do you know what he's – have a guess what his average is in Trans-Tasman. I've got it in front of me. Is it uh, – I don't know. No, uh, 87.7. That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> how, how insane. Um, let's, let's push super sub Xavier Rowe off the bench, 45 points on the back of that big try. Um, and, yeah, like he was awesome, just the energy he brought to the side. And the Captain Mudd Award for – we call it the Rob Simmons Award for the biggest dud. Uh, no disrespect, of course. <laughs> Uh, David, so, really. much, so much disrespect. <laughs> Look, the guy had 100 caps for us, man. Like, I, I, I felt dirty. As I wrote that in, I felt dirty. I felt, can, I don't know if we can do this to Billy, but um, it's rough. Go. But again, if someone pays us, then we won't do that anymore. David, really <laughs> off the bench, minus seven points. So, uh, I, I mean, he's definitely not the same player off the bench start, as he is starting from a fantasy. Uh, lucky. Mm. Yeah, lucky he's starting again this week. Yep. All right, boys, that about uh, wraps up the entree, which you know what that means. For the main course this week, we have round four of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. And look, guys, I think the stat that I wanted to start with was last week we missed a trick. It was paying $107,000 for $1 to back all the Aussie sides 1 to 12. So close. Imagine how rich we could have been. Yeah, I mean, $107,000 richer. What yes. I want to know is how much money are you guys putting on this? Every, oh, sorry, are you losing on this every week? That's what I want to know. $1. This, this week, <laughs> I'm this sure, week I'm we're sure down to only $70,000 on sports bet with your power boost for 1 to 12 all Aussies. We're not sponsored, so you can use any company you like, but that's the one that I was looking at. So what that's where, that's is, where these boys choose to lose their money. Uh, no, so, no, no, no. I, I look for the best odds. So what you're saying is this week you have to put on a dollar fifty yeah and you win basically the 107 game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But look, I just think I can only see that one way and that's sports bets giving getting a huge increase in confidence in the Aussie sides. Yeah, definitely. It's unquestionable. <laughs> so that's, that's a good bet, I reckon 70 grand. 
No. <laughs> just, just no. Okay, look, game one to start with. I, I did realise as well, we didn't record last week because we're sick and I'm looking at the new camera and we look incredibly ill. We're not actually this pale. Aren't we? <laughs> no. You guys know. are pretty white, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But you look pink though, so. Well, I've actually been sick all week, so I'm the one who should look. Uh, there you go. Okay, look guys, Crusaders <laughs> versus the Western Force. The uh, new injuries to report, we got Clinton Strange yep. with a neck injury. He got ruled out pre-game. You got Brody McAllister and uh, Ethan Blackadder, who both ruled out with concussion. And Rob Kearney as well. We believe he was concussed. He was taken off for an HIA right at the end of the game. We don't actually know for sure if it was a failed HIA. You yeah. mean Rob Carney? Is that who you mean? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, that's what he means. That's what I said. <laughs> he said Kearney. But, look, that's, Same thing. that's fine. Um in terms of the returns, Colin, we've got Braden Enoa. He got pulled last week just before the match started, which is a bit, bit of a surprise for everyone. Now, if we jump across, and you can see on our screen here, we've got all the lineups. We've if you're watching George, us on YouTube. Yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube. We've got George Bauer rested with Tamati Williams to come in at loose head prop for the start. He's been in the world, Tamati Williams. He, Thank you. I, Enormous. Can we start a separate podcast for me to talk about Tommy Williams? But no, no, thank you, Tommy Williams. But we can. I'm just not going to be part of it. Yeah, Mitch Dante. He gets a start again with Whitelock. Actually, not in the squad at all this week. I think with the being rested protocols, you know, of, of their own. We've got Richie Maunga, who has earned himself a rest with Fergus Burke coming in at 10. David Havili returns at 12 over Dallas McLeod. Braden Enoa, as I said, returns at 13, shifting. Fayanga Anuku back to the left wing. Severis is also rested, so Manasa Mateli moves from the left wing to the right wing. And we also see Tom Sanders returning from his injury to the bench. It's good to see Severis bench and me not care because I'm not in finals this week. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't like it, but, I mean, <laughs> there's still Lester Fayanga Anuku and Manasa Mateli. And no Richie, Richie Moore as well. That is that's, massive. That's big. Mind you, how good... Was Fergus Burke's crossfield kick on the weekend to Will Jordan uh, for when, one of their late tries? In point a hundred, it, it was still a shit kick. Right, Fergus Burke. I mean, where's Brett Cameron gone? He's just disappeared. So Fergus Burke is probably the next mm-hmm. best uh, fly half in Australia. You know what I mean? Just that's so no, Australia. In New Zealand, you mean? I just mean it's probably better than the, literally every fly half in Australia because he's the second or third. Not with, with Will Harrison, my boy. Uh, look, fourth lineup. Let's go to the other side. You got Faletti Katu returning to the starting jersey, which demotes Andrew Reddy to the bench. You got Oliver Callan coming into the number eight jersey over every logical choice. I was just going to say, you said that with far too much enthusiasm and excitement. So, look, uh, I mean, I, I said every logical choice. Mate. I, I read an article today saying young gun. Gets his start, so I don't know who he is. Do does his family own or have large amount of shares in the press or something? So that's the only logical explanation for this. Um, <laughs> that's right, he's a minor. Um, Tavita, we'll come back to him, but Tavita Kurandrani returns to the starting thirteen jersey, which obviously shores up their defensive line as well. This pushes Richard Kahui out to the left wing, and Oliver Fella then gets to uh, to have a rest, realizing that he hasn't got quite the pace of Kahui. <laughs> He's going to make his impact late in the game when everyone else is a bit more tired. And Stra- Jack Strawn back in uh, yeah. at fifteen, replacing uh, Rob Carney. Carney. Nice. Well done. I was waiting for it. Good. Thank you. Well done. Uh, you think I know after he played his squillion Test matches, but. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was a concussion based off of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or they've seen the light and said he doesn't do that much for them. And can you tell us any more about it, Oliver? Yet? No, I can't. I, it says he is good. So we'll see how we go. So basically no one knows anything about him. That's great. <laughs> Cool story, and that uh, we've definitely talked about him too long. But um, all right, about this game, Crusaders have scored on average forty nine point three three points in Super Rugby Trans Tasman, uh, whilst only letting in twenty eight point three three points. Uh, Good news for the Crusaders; their average defense is going to get better after this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, twenty eight points a lot, mate. That's a lot for the. Crusaders. As I was reading, that, I was like, "Is that that seems like a lot of points they're letting that's- in?" Mate, that's a, that's a start. I think they've had 29, 28, 28 scored against them. Tar's got 28. My, my first thought was was that was the point was the point in the wrong place. Was it meant to be 2.83 points per game or something? You know, that's what I was thinking. But um, no, you're right. Absolutely. We've talked about it. The force just lack a whole bunch of uh, offense. So um, can't see them scoring a lot against the Crusaders. Can see the Crusaders scoring a lot against the force, though, I must say. Yeah, look, I mean, this is going to be a shellacking in, in, in my books. The Force, look, they, their first couple of games against the Chiefs and Highlanders, they, they were relatively close games in WA. And as soon as they've gone offshore, they've moved across to New Zealand. They got a 7-0 to zero try hiding. Absolute walloping 43-6 to six by the Canes and Napier. So if we're going off that, they're going to struggle this week. Yeah, look, I, I think the other thing is that we probably haven't mentioned yet these Kiwi sides are good at footy. flogging teams week in, week out and are probably bouncing back relatively well in all seriousness. The Aussie sides are getting a hiding, having to back up to get another hiding, then mm. backing up to get another hiding. This is tough. This is like they're playing club rugby five weeks in a row and the Aussie sides are playing test matches five weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's going to be really hard for them in this fourth and fifth week, especially for the lower sides in Australia, the lower three sides, I think, to compete. I think it's going to be a real, <laughs> real tough slog. Lower three sides, three. That's, that's the Rebels, the Force and the Brumbies at the moment, isn't it? Sure. It's true. Imagine the, the Force last week against the Hurricanes. is like, don't worry, boys, we've only got the Crusaders at Christchurch next week. No, no biggie. <laughs> Rough. Yeah. Poor guys. So, look, Kagi, mm. if the Force are able to do this, what are they going to have to do? Well, they're not, so... <laughs> I felt funny even asking. Save you some time there, but... Um, the one no, thing I'll... I would say is the scrum. Surely they need to target that with young Tamati Williams. I know he's a big unit, but, right. I mean, you've got Madrano, who's a test player, and you've got Tom Robinson, who's arguably the best loose head in the country right now. He's been. Uh, really I'd calm down on that, mate. No. It's I would not say that. Like, yeah, it's just rubbish. What do you mean? He's arguing. Have you heard of a bloke named Angus Bell? Have you heard of him? You know, Angus Bell? In, in a scrum, I think he hasn't been as good. Mate, I mean, I'm glad that you've never been a front rower, Harry, because you've got no idea what you're talking it's about. Just Tom Robinson has been the best loose head scrummer, scrummager. What about Slipper? That's- Definitely incorrect. He hasn't played for four weeks. Slipper has been the best, but he's not around. I, I think Tom Robinson's just... been very, very good in the scrum. Anyway. I think I think the four scrum wasn't as solid as you think last week. It's been great every week. Well, look, how about this? I'll tell you how many points I think the Crusaders are going to score, and I'll give you my tip for this game because that's far more exciting. I'm going to say the Crusaders are going to win this game or the score in this game will be about... 45 to 6. I'll give the, I'll give the force two penalty goals. That's, that's absolutely think, ridiculous. Do you think they're going to drop their average scoring rate this week? <laughs> They've got no more to be You've got a really good point. I've, I've gone too low, haven't I? 55 points to 6. There we go. 
Yeah, that's probably pretty close to it, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna back Kagi's first. <laughs> they forty. What did you say? I said forty-five to six, but straight up. I'm gonna say forty-five to six. All right. 50, no more. Fifty-two to ten. The West. Oh, Lord what's Lord. this extra credit for the force you're giving you? Who gets it? Uh, is is, is Miotti going to kick some drop goals or something? Is that what's going to happen? Mate, your maths can't be that good. Now, nah, look, I think if they get one try, my money would probably be on Filetica to just to burrow over from close. He's been in pretty good form with he the has ball been. hand. He has been. That's very yeah, nice. Excellent. All right, well, let's move on to the uh, Reds versus the Blues. So as far as I know, there's there's no injuries to report out of this one. There's a few people, you know, not getting a run. But as, as far as I can see here, we've got the return of offer to Umafasi from an injury after both having a hand and yeah. a knee niggle. There are some new injuries, sorry. You got you got obviously Josh Goodhue's ankle, oh, so sorry, he won't true. be playing. Dalton Papali, he has to prove his He's fitness. playing. He's named. He's named, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and what about uh, Sam, Sam Nock. Nock? Do we do we see if he's on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, people that are... You know, uh, he's, he's not on the t- on the bench. It, was he always going to start over Rue? I don't even on the bench over Rue, not necessarily. So, no, not necessarily. Who, who cares? So, realistically, uh, good Hugh is not there, but he's replaced by Patrick Tuipolo too. So yeah, that was going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, so it, there's there's not some big changes. They they realistically have a full strength side to pick from. Yeah. Minus Clark, who's gone to sevens, and they've got a Terra Black there. So they've got a full strength side to, to select from here. If we look at the Reds, they've got an unchanged 15 after their performance last week. And, and you we talked about a little bit earlier, their bench players didn't do too well when they came on. And they're the ones who have suffered. And, and they're the only changes. There have been three changes from the match day 23. Angus Blythe has come in. Sam Wallace has come in. And Moses Sorobi has come in for Fraser McWright, Sarah Uru and Kalani Thomas. So... I find that crazy that Fraser McRae's not on the bench. That's I surely agree. That's, surely that's I, I find it crazy that Sarah Uru's not on the bench either. I mean, the two of them, that's impact right there. They might not have made any impact last week, but that's impact usually. I, I think Moses Roby all day should be there above Kalani Thomas. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm great with that. But, um, but you said Sam Wallace is in instead? Sam Wallace. Who the hell is yeah. that? Yeah, he, he must be. I think he's a back rower. He is a back rower. Yeah, he's a seven. He's, 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 he's played a couple of times off the bench. Yeah, I'm big, big University of Queensland. Although I would say I'm, I'm, I think that Angus Blythe deserves to have another crack. You know, he's had a pretty disappointing year. He's a good player. He needs to have a chance. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. Give him a bit of a crack. There's a couple exciting changes for the Blues. Kagi, do you want to take us through those? Can do. Um, offer Duanga Farsi back, as we've said. Uh, Paddy Tupolotu back again. We've said that, but no, exciting changes. Akira Yawani starting in at eight. How good. Um, he's, he's apparently been promoted to the team because of his defensive physicality. So he's there to take some scalps. Um, and he's that that has caused Hoskins to, to, to move to the bench, um, which is pretty huge. And look, we are all massive fans of the big red dog of Tom Robinson and the, the, the leadership role he's played. Big uh, Sals, particularly in the absence of Patrick Tupolotu. But... I think I've said this every week on the podcast, but um, Hoskins are 2-2 and Akira Iwani. Pokedoros dos. Why can't we have both? Have them at eight and six. Just I don't understand how either of those players is not starting in any team I mean, they play in. Yeah. Tom, Tom Robertson offers something very different, but 
I don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy. The Tutu and Akira. I mean, they're more like for like, but gosh, they oh. add a lot of punch. You, you want to give these guys some good game time. I mean, for my look, they could they could well start at six and eight for the All Blacks. You know what I mean? Like, I understand the the wealth of props that the Blues have that they just rotate them in and out. All these All Black props, but um, it seems crazy having such good loose forwards and uh, having one come off the bench. So anyway, big week for Akira. Yeah. Um, huge fan of that. Another thing um, on the back of that is Tom Robinson has lost his captaincy with two Apollo two back as well. So yeah, I, I did think that his leadership was something that they were kind of holding him in the side a little bit more for as well. It makes more sense if Patrick Tupelot is going to continue just to build his minutes up, that he comes off and then you bring someone like Tom Robinson on late in the game to assume the captaincy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I like that. Um, and the other big change for the week is uh, AJ Lamb, younger brother, younger brother even, mm. of uh, Big Ben, Big Ben Lamb, who has been killing it the last few weeks. Um, he has gone to the bench and we've seen Mark Talaya promoted to start in the 11 jersey Someone who we were very excited about. I think we must have talked up a lot with Caleb Clark departing. We thought that he was going to come out all guns blazing. Um, game, mate. He was he was a breakout star yeah, last year. First half of last year. Yeah. He well, was so good. That's it. So, I mean, look, for mine, the two things I'm most excited to talk about, I mean, obviously Zahn Sullivan. I mean, I wasn't actually going to bring him up, but again, <laughs> continually starting at 15, he's been fantastic. But no, the two big ones for me in this game is going to be uh, the things I'm looking forward to watching. Mark Talea versus Suliasi Vunivalu. How good's that going to be? Uh, that battle on the on the wing there. They are. They, they are, are, mate. They're head to head. And speaking of another head to head, I've got some trivia for you as well. Who is the heavier prop? Tight head Taniela Tupo or loose head Offa Tuanga Farsi? Mm. They're thinking hard. Definitely taller. taller. Yeah, Offa's got height. So I'll, go, I'll say Offa being taller. Yeah, I'm with him. Well done. You logic did well done. Uh, they've got offered down at uh, 135 kegs. And Taniella apparently has slimmed up a little bit. He's now down the 120s, 128 kilos. So um, The difference is that uh, that uh, Taniella Tupo can run 200 metres in the time it takes Offer to run 50. That's true. Look, I'm going to say uh, Offer, Tupo is about 95% muscle um, and Offer just a little bit less than that, perhaps. Um, Offer's up there, mate. He's sorry. Not, uh, not Offer. Sorry, I'm talking about Carl. We're talking about Big Carl here. Big Carl, uh, Lucy, oh, okay. is um, at 135. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to seeing that scrum battle. And as I said, Vunavalu and Mark Talea, That's Those are going to be huge battles for Mike. The one for me is uh, mm. Suliasi Vunavalu. I think we've just seen his absolute class with every touch he gets. And, you know, I was thinking this could be the week that Mark Talea gets to break, his, you know, come, come through and make his name. <laughs> it's not going to be. He's not against Suliasi Vunavalu, who is, I would say, the most athletic, athletically gifted rugby player in Australia right now. He is really fearless. <clears throat> He is. But, I mean, we knew he would be. And the, the difference at this point compared to Kagi picking him in the draft at the early start of the year is he's actually had some time to get back into rugby and understand, you know, formations and understand different things about rugby and, you know, how it's mate, different to rugby league. When you're, when you're an Adonis as he is, you don't need to understand anything about the game other than give him the ball, point in which direction to run in. Or, as we've talked about, mate, just play the old Waratahs for Lau ball. Just kick it across to that side of the field and chances are he's going to score a try. All right? I've worked that out. I'd, I'd back him over today, let's be fair. But look, this, this is going to be an interesting game. You've got two forward packs that have a lot of big bodies, some hard runners, and you've just got absolute talent on the wings and out, out back. This is two teams with a lot of strike power, 
uh, you know, they can attack you and, and beat you down in a lot of different ways. This is going to be a tough one for both sides to to edge out and get the win. Mm. Yeah, it's probably the Blues close to the strongest I've seen them all year, to be honest with you. I think it's right up there. Uh, I, I think one of the other changes that uh, we were hoping to see with Stephen Parafranchise back in the side, I can confirm, I don't know if we said this last week, that he has been sent back to club rugby to play more fly half because that's where they want him to play again. So Yes, boys. Zan Sullivan at fullback, Parafranchise in a 10. And Zan Sullivan's got, you know, a, a boot that is absolutely exceptionally long. Yeah that I think they know they need to compete at this level with the best sides as well. So I think it's a real, real weapon to them. And, you know, next year, if Bowden Merritt misses one game, hopefully it's seven pair of franchise that we see on the bench yeah. come uh, in. I think one other thing in, in this one is something that can separate them. I, I really think James O'Connor's class at 10 has been pretty pivotal for them. And if you, you throw him up against a Terry Black, I think there is a significant Difference. Tate McDermott, if he's forward packs moving forward, I, I'd be picking him all over Finlay Christie as well because he was just. So you thought Christie was the best player in the world. No, I really like him. He's a pinker, <laughs> but he's good. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, I, I, I think that that 9 10 access for the Reds, if they're moving forward, is really, really strong. Uh, another thing is we have Jock Campbell. We, there are thoughts where he was coming back potentially for this one, but Bryce Hegarty had potentially his best game, I, I really think, in um, his time, at least at the Reds, if not in Super Rugby last week. But how can we skip it? James O'Connor playing his 100th test match, or 100th test match, 100th match, and it's their last game in Queensland. The Reds fans will be out for this one. It's going to be a good match. Yeah, especially after last week's win, hopefully it means that they get a bit more crowd. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, All right, what are we, we tipping for this one? I was just going to say, I remember hearing this stat that for every 5,000 people you have at your home game, you generally get one extra penalty. <laughs> Truly. Mm. They, they were looking at, uh, what's his name, looking at the cohesion and stuff like that. Oh, that was yeah, the yeah. one thing they looked at for home advantage and saying that refs are human. And that, uh, that that seems to be the stat. So hopefully they can get 40,000 out there and crack a record and get eight extra penalties. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> so did, did, um, how did Richie McCall bluff that system then? Because to the Crusaders, I mean, I don't know how they had an extra like 300,000 people in the stadium, but... Um... It's uh, no comment. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't adhere to this. Kind I of think account. he was. I think he's what you call a good open side flanker. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Tips for this one, um, Nels. Oh, mate, I mean, I, I. It's hard to to not do it. I'm going to back the Reds. I, I think the confidence out of their win last week, last game at home, Jock with his hundredth. This is a game that they should be able to have a sniff in here. I'm, I'm not going to be overly surprised if it goes the other way. Well, I'm going to just back them, hope they get things right and say they get the win. I'm a little disappointed about their, their bench and those changes. I don't think that will help them late in this game, which is something that, you know, is, is a chance for them to lose it there. But I'll say they're going to win it and they're going to win it tight. It'll be three points. Nice. Harry? Yeah, look, I think I, I agree with you in that. I think there'll probably be five points or less in it either way. And it's really, to me, a flip of the coin. I'm gonna gonna back my boys as well. The Aussie nice. side. I'm gonna say the Reds by two points. Excellent. I deliberately let both of you go first so you can look silly. Um, I'm gonna pick the Blues and by twelve. So um, love the Reds, but uh, mate, as you said, Harry, I think the Blues are looking near the best they've been. Um, and look, they're top of the table. Super Rugby Trans Tasman. They want to stay that way. They have they they have two eyes firmly on this trophy. So, 
Huge. All right, next game. Yeah, let's jump across. Guys, we're, we've got no more screen sharing for these games because we haven't got any more lineups yet. Yeah, so that's that's tough and it means we get a little bit less information. But, well, I mean, we know what we're talking about, so we'll make it up and convince people that we know what we're doing. So the the next match, the first of Saturday is... Isn't that what we always do? <laughs> yeah. Actually, this this one doesn't look like it's going to be played on Saturday, Chiefs versus Rebels. It, it's probably going to be a Sunday match and there's a good chance it could actually be played in Sydney yet again because of Rebels and everything going on in Melbourne. Um, but, you know, there's there's not necessarily any new injuries, but there's DMAC missing for three weeks. That's a pretty uh, big one. That's kind of a pivotal... pivotal. Not, not if Caleb Trask plays like he did last what, week. Oh, what, well. <laughs> what's bigger, the Crusaders not having Richie Moana, uh, Richie Moana or the Chiefs missing Damien McKenzie? I think Chiefs because he seems to win them all the games. I, I mean, Moana <laughs> can do it. I look at the class around and they're yeah. a step up from, from the guys around. Absolutely agree. I, I am going to say the opposite. I think that Richie Moe is just so important to the Crusaders machine at the moment. And he is literally destroying teams single-handedly week after week after week. I, I think whereas, you know, Luke Jacobson, for instance, has been an absolute standout carrying that team through. I, I think that if Caleb Trask is playing well, I don't think they lose. They lose something. Don't get me Sorry. wrong. But Chase TT are at you, 15 and Caleb Trask. I think, I think the way, the way Nelson and I, the way Nelson and I were thinking about it is um, if you could pick any team in the competition and just give them a bum 10 uh, and still expect them to, to absolutely dominate, it would be the Crusaders. I get it. But I, I just think that, Richie Moe controls more of the game for the Crusaders than Damian McKenzie does for at fly half for the Chiefs. But the difference about that is the Crusaders have so many individual players that can just do a moment of brilliance to win them the game, where the 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 Chiefs have a lot less of that. So you you need the Chiefs either D Mac to do something brilliant himself or get the team gelling really well, whereas Crusaders, every single one of them could effectively win the game. Brad Webber, Nankavell, Diana Brown, Chase T. Brad Webber, Nankavell, Tita, you're talking about these guys in the class of um, Will Jordan, Sevu Reese, Fainga Nuku, like all these guys, are you in Enord? Are they anywhere near that? Anton Leonard Brown, best center in the world. I can't believe you didn't say David Avili as well. That's the sum up. David Avili? Like you said, one of them that might be better than the other one in the same position. That's Brad, it. Brad Weber's better than any of them. Look, Harry, we get your point. You're That's wrong, good. but we, we point received. Um, but uh, look, no one's questioning how good Richie Moonga is, but um, I think. I think the listeners will and write tell us on Twitter. Uh, but I, I think everyone would, would agree D Mac to the Chiefs is a bigger loss than Richie Mullman to the Crusaders. But we'll uh, we'll have to agree to disagree. But let's move on. Uh, apart from that, no injuries that we can really think of. Uh, returning though, Natoya Arkoy for the Chiefs coming back from a neck injury. Who's uh, Natoya? Uh, yep, that's who it is. Um, and <laughs> should be coming back straight into starting, you'd have to think. Um, and also Jonah Lowe, who uh, Nelson thought did play last weekend, can confirm he didn't, um, but he should be back from a, from a hamstring. So um, Convenient as well because obviously Chase is going to go back to fullback. Yeah, exactly. Chase to fullback. Caleb Trask surely to start again. We've just well, I, I we discussed think- in, the, in the review about how Bryn Gatlin is perhaps can be more effective when they do have Damien McKenzie at the back, but without Damien McKenzie, you feel like they really need Trask for that attack. Um, yeah, the Chiefs are going to need that. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah, Nato Akoi, you'd think he's going to come in and we're going to see Josh Lord shift to the bench as well. Um, I think we're still missing Angus Tavao. So we're not going to see too many other changes in that forward pack is what my assumption is. Harry, you, you clearly have something you want to discuss here. Oh, I just I just uh, mentioned on the weekend that I thought there's a bit of Alex Nangeville that I remembered from somewhere. I didn't know where it was from, but it's from eastbound and down. Alex Nangeville's got about a, a bit of Ivan Duchenko, the uh, <laughs> the rival baseball pitcher from eastbound and down, and I just love the haircut. And man, there's a lot of similarities there. He's got the attitude as well. well they're even looking well, in the same direction. Harry. But for the, for those listening um, to the podcast and not checking it out on YouTube, look, you can check it out on YouTube or just get after it. Harry's put up a, a photo on Twitter. But look, I have watched Eastbound and Down. I absolutely love it. But I think it's a relatively obscure reference, Harry. I'm not sure there's a whole bunch of people that have watched that. If you haven't, it is a fantastic TV show. If anything, if you've taken anything from this podcast, it's not about rugby. It's go watch Eastbound and Down. <laughs> That's it. Um, Sorry, and yeah, we, uh, there, our front row last week was don't apologize for me. <laughs> was Ross Slater to Avia? So I was about to say, I'm pretty sure Tavia played last week, yeah, well, but so. Slater won't be starting. Yeah, Samasoni uh, Tucky, Ahoo! get him back in there. Nathan Harris. No, just Mate, Nathan Hurris. Okay, you know what I mean, mate. He's an old man. Put him out to pasture. And, and he's been, he's been injured more times than the entire Chiefs team. Um, like, what's even left of him, really? You know what I mean? Physio tape. That's all that's left. So, uh, Samasani Takiyaho, please. Yeah. Akwe and Tupo Vai'i onto the, the locks. Hmm. The back row will probably see Jacobson, Boshir, and Suwakula yet again. Hmm. Um, so that means probably Mitch Brown to the bench, because I think Mitch Brown started. Yeah, sorry, you, you are right. Brown, and he can cover both lock and back row, so he's, he's going to be on the bench for sure. Yep. Had Lord the week before. Um, do we think we still see Sullivan on, on one of the wings? Because I, I really liked him. I like him a lot more than Jonah Lowe, um, to be fair. I, I think they'll both play. They'll both play, yeah. Chase Tietje is the other one. That, sorry, not Chase Tietje. Uh, Stevenson. Um, Stevenson's an ultimate bench player for everyone. I agree. Sean Wainui, I think, I think he's close to getting back. But they, they haven't released a lot of informa- information, but he's probably the only one other than Jonah Lowe that could slot in in that back three. Yeah, it's fair. Um, if we have a little look at the Rebels, they had their best game in, in a few years. Um, Harry, you're just getting it up on, on here. Is there any any changes that we expect to see? I mean, not not really. The only one that we, we've been saying week after week is Pony Amal Sili. who yeah. had a three-week ban, but he's missed five weeks now. So I, I don't know. They haven't mentioned anything about an injury to him, but that's the only thing that explains it to me. I think there's a couple of extra players that were injured that were travelling with the side. I heard, you know, Reese Hodge was there despite not being a real option to play. I'm not sure about Pone. I don't know if he's with the side. But, you know, Kabus Ilof uh, had a cracker game on the weekend. And I think... Uh, sort of despite the yellow card. And, and look, I, I really like or I like um, Gibbon as well as props. Um, Gibbon came on and scored a, a try yeah. um, in, in that back end of that game. They, they do have a lot of prop options, but... They do, but mate, nothing compares to that, that. that. Nothing compares to that front row of Caboose Elof, Jordan Ulysses, oh, and, and Pone Farmer. The biggest in the world. The, 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 the like six foot four front row, where uh, they're all about one hundred and you know whatever kilos. I love that. <laughs> yeah, look, you got Ross Haylett Purdy and Trevor Hosea played lock last week. I think it'll be more of the same. I think 
But it sounds like Ross Allard is actually fit now and they seem to be preferring him rather than playing whichever leftover back rower they have that could be put in there. It's yeah. not going to be Rob Leota. No, no, I, I, I like Rob Leota as I've a loved Rob Leota. But I don't like him as a lock. He's not. I, I, I thought Rob Leota has been one of their one of their absolute finds, and I, I've I've liked him for a few years. Um, just he, he's bringing the hardest carries in that team, mate. He's carrying harder than Nazarani has been. To be honest, I with think you. he's quite physical, and I think he's quite a strong guy. But I just don't think he's a lock. I just don't think he's up to it. A lock. No, I lock. agree. I think he's a back rower. But, 190 centimeters. But put it this way: if you had to pick between Ross Halepetti or Steve Cummins or Rob Leota. Who are you picking? I'm picking Rob Leota, so I'll tell you that much. I'd, I'd be picking him to play six. Yeah, I'm not picking him. No, I'm picking him to play lock ahead of those two. I'll tell you that I'd, much. I'd be picking Steve Cummins at lock, to be honest. I probably would be. He's tall. Steve Humans, mate. Okay, who the hell is that? And no, why? He's great. He's good. <laughs> Can I just say, you know, you, you mentioned Jason Asarani hasn't been carrying hard. Yeah. I, I'm all for Pone playing eight again at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> he finds his form. I'm okay with that. Oh, mate, I mate, I'd back it. I, you know I'd back it straight up. Love it. Shot. <laughs> he can run, yeah. mate. We've seen him off the drop kicks how, from the line, the dropouts from the line. How big would their forward pack be? Do it. Oh, crazy. And, and then and, get Amosi uh, Takiri to get him in there. Mate, I'm, I'm all for Let's just do it. Let's do a, a back row of Nasarani, <laughs> Pone Farmasili, and Rob Leota. Let's just do it. Let's go all out. <laughs> I like it. Well, Pony at open side flanker. No, put him at eight. Nasarani can play open side. There you go. Okay. Um, <coughs> any other changes here? Uh, I mean, I, I really quite like what their back line has been, and, and it's been a lot more gelled with the lineup that we've seen. The oh. one person we were missing is Campbell Magne um, mm. in that outside um, centre jersey, Stacey Illy. Uh, like, he, was a, I, he, was a late, he was a late injection, wasn't he? Into- he yeah, was for yeah, a concussion, yeah. Yeah, a Campbell Magne concussion. So, uh, we're not too too clear on what's going on there, but oh, is it? no, no, we, that, that's what it is. Yeah, it was a late withdrawal. No, but I mean, if we because they can catch it, be available again. Yeah, I guess my question for you guys is this: the two with the rebels outside backs. First of all, is George worth it? <laughs> Got it. Played oh, well, actually. I, I genuinely thought he played quite well. I think except, for, except for that try he let in, uh, one or two tries he let in, he but um, one or two of them. Up man, he's, well, he's doing his best to be in. All right, and my second question, I think I know Nelson's answer to this one, but um, Lockie Anderson or Andrew Kellaway? For mine, I'm a big fan of Lockie Anderson, really love him, but uh, I'm pretty sure you guys both sit firmly in the Andrew Kellaway camp. Yeah, man, one's a super rugby player and the other one's Lockie Anderson. Yeah, one of them is a Australian rugby representative, seven superstar Lockie Anderson. Yeah, I'd be picking Andrew Kellaway. Crickets, mate. Crickets. What about what about Kellaway at fullback? Would you be picking Kellaway or um, George Worth at fullback? I'd rather have Kellaway at fullback personally, but yeah, potentially. Yeah, I, I, I'm not too fast. I, I probably after George Worth played well in the week, and Lockie Anderson to me hasn't made a single game where, where he looked like he had a huge impact. George mate, he's Worth, got, he's had huge games. He's scored a whole bunch of their tries. No, he has not. You were so biased because you picked him as a back rower in your fantasy footy team. You've got no idea. I can't turn that down. I can't say that that doesn't play a role. Um, But let's kick on because we've already spent too long speaking about Lucky Who. I concur. So anyway, I I think, look, the the Rebels just need to keep throwing the ball around here. They need to to work out how to attack and defend in one game, to be honest. That's the one thing they haven't been (laughs) able to do yet. That's a good summary, yeah. Yeah. Because they can't, they can do one or the other. And if they can do that, they're a shot. But let's be honest, it's going to be a very tough ask to go over to NZ and then beat the Chiefs at home, well, who will be as... reeling after the Reds game. And not only that, that will be a little bit of an high after their drubbing they gave the Reds in the second and half. As I just said, 
this game could be played in Sydney. Could be. So that's a, a positive if that happens. But yeah, well, they up. have extended the lockdown for the record in Melbourne for an extra week. So yeah. I don't know if that changes the uh, the lockdown period. So that, yeah, they've been talking about it. That the Chiefs home game in Leichhardt again. At best, if if the um, the travel ban gets opened up into New Zealand from those players from from the Rebels, I think they would have to fly over on Saturday and play on Sunday. And the Chiefs have relocated to Sydney as well, which is where the Melbourne Rebels are. Just in case, so they either both fly across to New Zealand on Saturday, play Sunday, or they stay in Sydney. If they're both here, it sounds like they're playing in Sydney. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I don't think them, so. They're giving themselves the best chance. Right. Okay. What they're doing so it's going to be a last potentially a last minute decision. But I just mean, who's paying for all these flights? You know what I mean? Just if they're both here, played in Sydney. It's if okay. things deteriorating in Melbourne, I, I on my money's on that we're going to see this game in Sydney. Yeah, because the issue is obviously just going to be the people from Melbourne getting into New Zealand. Hmm. Yeah, that's the anyway. Issue. Look, regardless of where it, where it's played, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. I'm going to tip the Chiefs by twenty points. Cardinals. Uh, okay, uh, Chiefs by no DMAC. Don't forget no DMAC. Oh, I was just I was just about to shoot well well over you, but um, hmm. I'll bring it in a bit a bit. Chiefs by twenty five. What did you say? Twenty. I'm going to be optimistic, and I don't know why. Kelsey, you always are. You are the most optimistic. I'm going to say about 18. <laughs> I like it. Very good. All right, let's let's move on to a game that we're even more always optimistic about. The Highlanders getting a shellacking by the Waratahs. The Tars could do this. <laughs> is this, uh, boys, is this one under the roof? Is that is this an under the oh, roof game? Oh, well, mate, that will suit our attack. <laughs> this will be a cricket score, basically. This is a high-scoring match, and maybe you do want some players in this game. If you, well, yeah, you boys aren't picking. You basically, what you're saying is you want Parisi in this game. That's what you're it's saying. That Forsyth bar, basically, yeah. <clears throat> yep. So, in terms of the returns, Harry, who do we have returning this week? Look, Sam Gilbert is is fit again for for the Highlanders in, uh, to come in at fullback. You've also got Raboni Warren Vasayatho. He made a comeback through club rugby last week. He's on restricted minutes. I think he played like 40 or 50 it's, minutes. I hardly doubt it. Yeah. He, he's not even a comeback. He would be a first joining the Waratahs. Yeah, they, they also have to fly him over there, which I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not sure where he's at with that. And then Charlie Gamble as oh well, God. I think, is a potential comeback with his calf injury. You know, he didn't get the 23 at all last week, but that was because of injury. And I know they've been favouring him a little bit over the last couple of weeks. So who knows where he fits in. Um, oh, look, oh, the only thing I'd say is, you know, Raboni played for South on the weekend and he's still got it. He oh, is a freak of a carrier. Oh, he, and he, he just... I was about <clears throat> one minute into the game. He put a very late hit on someone. Good. Actually, I want your attention to that part. And then we just <laughs> rubbed the bloke's head into the ground. It was oh. just in his face, just so dominant. Honestly, I loved Honestly. It. And got no penalty for Honestly, it. that is, as a back rower, something you have to do early in the game. You hit the 10, you hit someone late, and if you don't get penalised, especially you rub their face in the ground and make them think it's coming all day. It was, I like it. It was coming as soon as long as it was <laughs> yeah. on the field. It was coming. I, I really love it. But, I mean, I, I think it's a long shot to think we'll see him included this week. We have Tizano. We've got potentially Gamble coming back onto that bench. We had uh, Will Harris at number eight. We had Dempsey at number six. I, I just don't think... Dempsey was at seven. We had... Uh, Sorry, seven. Seven. at six, Dempsey at seven. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I don't know who even breaks into that if Tizano even gets back. Maybe it's... Uh... 
know? I don't think he does. No. I mean, uh, we'd love to though. Love him, but don't know if he does, yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm just highlighted the point, which <laughs> I think is hilarious that someone's written. Gargi, that's you, mate. I love that. Oh, that was definitely me. I just said, look, can we clone uh, Isaiah Parisi? Obviously, 15 of him would be our best starting side. But um, look, I don't know how cloning works, but I nominate Alex Newsom for experimental trials. If uh, not how it works, if that's part of the process, but look, we can make that. We can make that's how it works. Nelson, okay? say that and say you feel bad about the Captain Mud Award, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but anyway, he's someone you want to pick up for this game under the roof. Can I say I reckon that the Waratahs' defence is going to take a big step forward this week? <laughs> They've been truly oh, been turnstiles, but. They, they leaked Proving. 58 points, and most of those late against the Crusaders. But if you watch those Crusaders tries, 54. 54, sorry, the vast majority of those tries, no one's stopping them. Like, they're just offload to offload. Again, like, Fangaranuku throws a two-handed offload through two defenders into Mateli, Waratah's cover. Mateli throws another two-handed offload to Cody Taylor, who's <clears> coming <throat> down the inside, who shrugs the last covering to defender. Like, good luck, any team in the world stopping that from happening. It's not the Waratahs' defence. I think they're starting to gel. They've got a set back line. There's not a lot of changes. I think Will Harrison will come in at 10 uh, and will start the rest of the season because Donaldson is out with a groin injury. Uh, (coughs) He announced that Nelson picked up on his Instagram. So, Nelson, your Instagram stalking, fantastic work. No problem. So that's an early early coup for you. Uh, And that's that's about it. I think uh, other than that, it should be pretty settled. The guy... I'm looking forward to seeing your tip after this um, just, this just, record-breaking Waratahs defence. So I've just realised what's going on here, though. If Will Harrison goes to 10, that means Marky Mark Nawanga Nidawasi is coming yeah. back onto the wing and the floodgates will open. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... He, that, he is a turnstile. Nothing's changed there. Okay. I mean, I'd love to be seeing the same lineup as, as last week, but we're obviously not going to. Um I mean, they've got the potential of bringing them. Probably the other young ten is in at ten. Ten, ten minutes. Yeah, as a, as a chance and, and not bring in Longanitawasi because I mean, potentially moving forward, you might try um, Donaldson and Harrison at ten fifteen. So give Harrison a little bit more chance at the back end of this year. We know they're not going to make the finals. Give him a chance to you know trial for that fifteen jersey and and see where we go. Taylor Edmund, you know, is is a quality player. Give him a bit of game time as well. This is actually quite a good chance for them to do something like that. Mm. Nwanga Nidawasi doesn't need the chance. He needs to learn to defend. Yeah, Go somewhere else and learn to defend. But mine, playing Harrison at 15 is a waste of time. He's, he's a 10 <clears> and <throat> he should be competing for that 10 jersey. And, I mean, only last year. I mean, do you, can you remember how good he has been at 10? Like, oh, phenomenal. Yeah. I, um, no, everyone seems to have a very recent memory of Will Harrison at 10. No, no, one, no one's he, against him. Do, no, heaps of people are. Everyone's yeah, saying uh, Ben Donaldson should be playing 10. No, no, they're saying Ben Donaldson's good. They're not saying anything against um, Will Harrison. I think Ben Every Donaldson, single one has been saying he should be picked above Will Harrison at 10. So, no, but that's not saying something negative to Will Harris, Harrison. Yes, it, saying, is. it sounds, it sounds to me like that's saying something negative about Will Harrison. Donaldson over Richie Moonga. I wouldn't pick either of them over Richie Moonga. Would you pick Ben Donaldson over James O'Connor? No. Would you pick him over Noel Alessio? Maybe. No, you wouldn't. What? This is the argument. All you're saying is that Will Harris isn't that good. That's, no. that's exactly what I'm talking about. No, no. What, my, my, I think my point is actually fair on, on Lolisio. All we've seen is him with a relatively good team doing well. And in recent weeks against Kiwis, 
not do very well. This, this explains a lot. This explains how Nelson gets into numerous Twitter beefs really, really easily, is his understanding of what, what calling someone terrible or not terrible is compared I to... Know what I'm saying. I, I think that Donaldson's been doing well enough and deserves to start. All right. Well, I think my, our point here is that Harrison, I think, should be back at 10. Last year, absolutely killing it at 10. Yeah. Was very firmly, you know, he was competing yeah. for the second, that second place in the Wallabies. You know what I mean? It was... It was James O'Connor, then Noel Alessio, and it was pretty bloody close for Will Harrison. Um, yeah. well, I, I've said the whole time. It's a badly beaten <clears throat> back as well, might we add. Yeah, I think if, if you put Will Harrison into the Brumbies, he starts over Lolisio. I'm, I'm probably close to thinking the exact same thing about Donaldson. I think they could both oh. start over Lolisio. No, yep, I would not be starting Donaldson. Well, Lolisio has not looked good since the Kiwis. All right, let's kick on, mate. Yeah, no, it's an argument about the injured Ben Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> Put him at whatever position in the Wallabies. That's right. fine. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So now we've talked about Angus Bell's average, Nelson. So you don't have to talk about that anymore. We, we haven't talked about Angus Bell enough, though. Let's be honest. Um, no, Mr. Incredible. Um, I mean, just how good, really? Him, him and HJH. How how good is that? I mean, those two guys are just absolutely killing it. HJH is um, trans Tasman average is fifty three point three. So between these guys. That the prop pairing is just scoring a hundred points a game. Like, I mean, is this? Do you guys think this is the weakest New Zealand front row? Potentially. Oh, if mate, not not, they, not not according to themselves, mate. Fucking bloody Ethan De Groot, who uh, you know thinks he take Taniela Tubo to school. He can talk all he wants, but he has to show it. I think that's the issue. Yeah, I mean, good luck with that. But look, I, I think the Waratahs are such a mobile pack, but I don't know that they're incredibly strong at, at the scrum. So maybe this is, they're okay. They're not bad. Yeah, they're okay. But I think that it's probably a pretty good matchup for them in that they get the mobility of our props that do a lot of carries under the roof and they're actually going to be pretty solid in the scrum set piece as well. And our line-outs come pretty good. So I think it's a pretty good foundation for the for the Australian side to uh, to kick on here. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, look, I, I think if they can hold their own, the Tars in the scrum and their line-outs, their line-outs were really, really improved of late, there, there's a chance for them to, you know, really push this match and, and have a real crack into it. I mean... The Highlanders have had some changes in recent weeks. They've got Yuani shifting back in to play um, 15, and uh, he had a pretty quiet game last weekend. Um, I'm sure they'll probably keep him there, even if Sam Gilwick does re- return. Mm. Um, but they're not a really settled side either, so well, it'll be interesting. I was going to say, speaking of line-outs um, and the Waratahs' improvement, the Highlanders, don't they, they score something like 60% of their um, points off line-outs. Um, will we see? I think that will be a big feature of their game against the Tars. Uh, whilst we whilst we always say expansive game under the roof, um, do we will we see you know Ash, the Ash Dixon Liam Coltman turnstile just rotate again? Captain Ash Dixon back to start again at home. Um, he's probably good for a try or two. You'd have to think. Yeah, quite, I think quite definitely quite. the Waratahs role in more defence is awful. Yeah, god awful. Yeah. yeah, probably the weakest part of their game, and that's saying a lot when you think about how bad the defence has been. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 on the front row, just give a quick shout out yep. to Andrew Tuala as well, who's been killing it in the shoot shield. I think he's been brought over. I believe he might be flying over to New Zealand for this week. So hopefully we see him get some minutes. He's dynamic if yeah. you get to see the big man run at the back end of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking Bell, him, and HJH, man, that those forwards will just be running for days. Torecki's not been bad in his running game because he's done some pretty good things with ball. 
Also, I've never heard Andrew Tuala talk dub that much, but uh, he's been 30. He's been yeah. playing phenomenal. He's been around for ages, man. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> You're talking like he's some new up and gunning. Yeah. Gun. We've all seen him. He's all right. Good. And last question to do with the Highlanders, the back row. Uh, Shannon Frizzell. So, sorry, poss- uh, possibly an injury there. With uh, was a concussion, Frizzell possibly yeah, in doubt. I think it's a concussion. No, that he gave or that he received. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. It the same as well, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know. He he is. In <laughs> well, we just assume that he's given some. So we're we're assuming this time it's his received one. You know what I mean? It's right, injury right. now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, do we? If he's out, then who do we see in the the Highlanders back row has been pretty dynamic. You know what I mean? Like I as in who? Even though walk straight back in. There's but do we see Billy Harmon starting? James Lynchy started last week. Lynch actually put a few massive hits on. I think we talked earlier in the year about how big he he's gotten. He's absolutely shredded. But, um, yeah, what do we say? I mean, Nelson would really like to see Kazuki Himeno in there and starting. But you're saying uh, if if Frizzell's not playing, I think we're seeing... He's um, definitely starting. Himeno. 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 No, no, Himeno. Himeno, yeah. He's, okay. he's a weapon, mate. Frizzell, right. yeah. Isn't he? Yeah, well, actually, to be fair, yeah. the, ch- the choice is, is Hugh Renton who is almost as bald as Nelson. And, I mean, he looks like he's played about 45 years of rugby. So, um, I don't know. But for mine, uh, yeah, obviously, Frizzell, him and I at eight, then we're never going to see Moreno, Michele, to play ever again, apparently. Um, but, yeah, who do you start? Um, Nelson, you're an open side fighting, mate. Um, Lanchies or uh, Billy Harmon? Billy Harmon's been awesome. I've just okay. Billy Harmon. I, I like some things that Lanchies has done, but... Billy Harmon, since moving from the Crusaders, I think he has been an absolute standout for them in breakdown work, over the ball and things. I had, I reckon he has had an awesome, awesome year, and I'd be picking him hand, hands down over Lynch's. Very good. All right, well, let's get our tips, move on to the I've last game, because I, I was going to say, this pod's probably, we'll probably do this mm-hmm. by now. It's long, mate. It's long. But uh, I think when you talk about cohesion, you talk about 10, 12, 13 as the most pivotal part of it. The Tars are actually going to have more cohesion in that i think that the highlanders you know 10 have changed 10 and you know 12 13 have all changed regularly throughout this year gregory and collins have played maybe two games together and then and you know i I think there's some issues there with cohesion as well the tars center appearing is really strengthening in recent weeks and they're starting to understand the game plan the issue donaldson missing is is not a, a positive for them but I think Harrison's played a lot of game time with Forgetti throughout last week in the last year in comparison as well. So hopefully it's a bit more stable. I I love that Nelson, no matter what, can always find a way to slide those blue glasses back on and just try to come up with something. To be honest, how good is Scott Gregory being? I I didn't I didn't rate him at all, but he's been very good. Yeah, yeah, he's up to 100 kgs. He looks much bigger. He's been he's been a good twelve. I I think he's been excellent in the centres. Excellent. I think Mm. it's a very good shift for him. One of the I reckon one of the most improved players in the comp. Interesting shift to centre, and it's it's paid up for sure. But all right, tips on this one. Are we good to go, Tips? I'll go first. Give you guys the easy layout. I'm going Highlanders 35 to the Waratahs. That's probably being generous. Highlanders 42 to the Waratahs. 15. I think the I think the Waratahs will get some points. 15? Mate, they're averaging way higher than that. would be a massive drop for their attack. Did you say the score 15 or 28? You said 42 to 20. I'm going, there you go. Done. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go the Highlanders to win 40 to 33, and it'll be the Tars' closest game of the year. Bonus point to the Tars. I like it, Harry. I I was going to say something like 43 to 35. 
Um, Just out. Mate, give us a bonus point, would you? I like it. All right, very good. Uh, let's move on to the last round, uh, last game of the round, the Brumbies and the Hurricanes. New injuries, very sad to report this one. Asafa Amua with a concussion. Again, it's... He might, he might play. Again, again, this is the Shannon Frizzell argument. Mm. Did he dish? Were we talking dishing it out or receiving? Because no, no, obviously dish some out. Shannon gives them out off the field. Asafa Amua gives them on the field. Mate, if Asafa Amua is around and you want to start Coles, surely... Sh- Put Asafa Moore in front of um, Kariffi. Like, he could do wonders as a bag rower. Yeah. No, I'd start Asafa Moore in pretty much any position on the field. That's, Mate, uh, that's just me. But, um, absolutely. A if Lenny Lamarpe is injured, put Asafa Moore in. Mate, we talked about it. The Hurricanes just had no option at 10. Asafa Moore, right? Crash ball every every time. Not a, not a problem. Um, right, come on, guys. Let's get back on track. This is a lot. Uh, other other injuries report. Peter Munger Jensen kind of had some arm injuries, heavily taped. They didn't. We didn't really see anything, but he went off with it. I don't know. I don't really care because they've been swapping every week anyway. So I think we'll see Billy Proctor starting in the thirteen jersey this week, regardless. Um, and Billy Proctor's been really good. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Harry said Billy Proctor could be the most underrated centre in, in fantasy this week and uh, this in Trans Tasman. And uh, yeah, he scored about bloody 70, 80 points the first two rounds of Super Rugby Trans Tasman. So. He's one to watch if he's starting. Um, returning from injury, Ruben Love. So we might see, yeah, the young only 10 prospect that they have in uh, Wellington come back from a kind of shoulder and con- shoulder injury and concussion. Um, if he does come back, do we think straight back into starting? Yep. Nice. That was a good short answer. I like that. We're getting moving along with some pace. Um, all right. So this game. Uh, Asafa Mua, if he's out, Dane Cole's back in. Uh, I forget what Cole's was. Cole's just rested last week. Is that what I've seen? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, pretty so, old, so he gave him a break. Excellent. Um, and otherwise, apart from that, they also rested Julian Sevilla, so uh, gave the bus a week off. Um, pretty hard to like the, the outside backs for the Hurricanes, it's pretty hard to choose them, right? Ray Arce, Sevilla, Wes Goosen, uh, Horson. <laughs> Where's Horson? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I personally, obviously, you know who I'm picking: Ray Arce and Sevilla, either to start on the wings. But Me too, um, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same. Um, What's the poor bloke's name? All right, so so we're agreeing that we'll see. We'll, we'll, we think we'll see them both there. And uh, Artie Sevilla back, surely back into starting at seven. Um, they're worlds better with him. So uh, sorry. Well, that's the question: Does he start at seven? Um, who do we see? I think we'll see Reed Princip at six because they love him for some reason. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, Artie Sevilla. And then who do we see then? Are we going to see Karifi or Flanders or Gareth Evans to round out that back row? And that will determine if Artie Sevilla is playing seven or eight. I'd love to see Sevilla playing seven. But, I mean, they've really backed Karifi, you know, over the last couple of years and given him lots of game time. So, um, I think Gareth Evans, he made his return from a, a long injury. Um, he was, he was yeah, away was, for almost a year. I think his injury was not getting selected. He was, How old's he? Isn't he about 40 or by now or something? I'm just going to look at Yeah, look, it. he only got a chance. He's Brent Evans' Kevin, younger brother, mate. He only got a chance. Is he actually not? Is he actually? Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. He's got another 10 years. Yeah. Uh, look, Devin <clears throat> Flanders, who was obviously starting at uh, eight before that, they said they, they gave him a rest <clears throat> because he was cramping at a 50 to 60 minute mark in the few weeks leading in. 
I, I think he's he so good. good that they'll probably bring him back in at eight, Artie Sevilla at seven, and leave Reed Prince at a six personally. But it's a lot of change. I'd like to see that. But, again, they, they seem to really be backing Carifi and giving him lots of minutes. But Devin Flanders and Sevilla is, uh, is a better combination for me. That's that's my starting combo for sure as well. I'm a big fan of Flanders, so I think he's, um, he's on the year better. And you get to yell that as well. Um, all right. For the Brumbies, uh, you got three players that didn't <clears> go on tour. So obviously the Brumbies back from a three-week New Zealand tour. So all the injured players that uh, have been rehabbing at home could be available again. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of detail on the severity of the injuries that I'm about to go through, but all these three players could be back. That is James Slipper with his MCL aggravation. It's been three, four weeks now. That's a fair amount of time to come back from a moderate grade injury, especially when they're, they're really missing him, to be honest. Uh, Caden Neville as well from his shoulder injury. He's actually been huge, been highly underrated how big his impact has been in the Brumbies. Yeah, makes a lot of penalties. And Andy... <laughs> <laughs> he's just massive, though. He, he's been awesome in the lineup and in the scrum as well. He's a huge bloke. Yeah, he has been good. He has been very good. And Andy Muirhead as well. Maybe an ankle injury. It might be a week or two. Let's not waste our time with him, mate. We've got Solomon Ekata in there who's been crushing it. Listen, we don't need Muirhead. What about, um, what about Pete Samu? How bad was, was his injury? Do we have any information from him? He wasn't flying to New Zealand, but seeing as they're back, he could be close. He definitely could, but the issue is with all these guys, the Brumbies have just given nothing away other than the fact that they weren't going on tour. So I don't know. I don't know really what you make of that. We, I think because they're in Canberra, they've been holding the you know state secrets or something. They think that. Uh, I mean, if if we yeah. go off, if we go off what I've said, you know, you, you stalk Instagram a fair bit. They had the jerseys, the players with the the jerseys, and the other ones with the vests over the top, and they had Cusack as looking like, you know, more than likely a starter, which to me, I don't know, it sounds like Pete Samu is not involved. Yeah, for, for the listeners out, out there in fantasy, in fantasy stalwarts, uh, if you do a bit of Instagram stalking, you can sometimes catch some photos of the uh, training sessions and you can see who are the uh, reserve team and the bibs and the starters and the training jerseys. But that has caught me out a few times, though, where I've thought he's definitely starting. I've picked someone up and, uh, and then been done by it, so... Buyer beware, but um, it, it has it generally proves to be true, though I think. I suppose the the other thing is Stowers he hasn't really kicked on as much as we would have thought in a, in a few weeks, so he could definitely make some room um, for Pete Samu. But I mean, we just expected a lot more from from him. To be fair. All right, what do we think from this game? Um, the Brumbies, as we said last week against the Blues, they just kind of looked like as the game went on more and more out of touch. Um, how do we see them rectifying that in this game? Uh, I think they'll be buoyed by their return home, to be honest, and playing in front of the Canberra fans. I think that they anyone? don't. Sorry? Will there be anyone there? I was going to say the Canberra fan? or Well, they're used to that. <laughs> uh, it'll be pretty cold. The downside is that... Okay, what did you say, Harry? It's per 5,000 fans. They get one extra penalty or something, so they might get uh, no penalties, is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> More than the Tars, apparently. I was going to say one, actually. But <laughs> All right, one. We'll get with one. I, I think the Hurricanes' attack has been so good that it's going to be interesting to see how the Brumbies go out and try and stop that. They Let's be honest, they need a big increase in form in the last couple of weeks. They haven't played well for the last two weeks. But let's not forget that they almost drew with a you know kick to draw with the Crusaders in round one as well. So if they can get their game back, if they get Pete Samu, Neville, Slipper back, I, I think that makes a massive difference to them. And if they get all those guys back, I think they'll go pretty close. 
Um, assuming that they won't get them all back, I'm going to go Hurricanes by 14 points. Yeah, that's fair. Look, I, I think the big thing is we, we've been talking about how Pivotal Slipper has been for their scrum. I mean, they won eight out of eight scrums and still got flogged last week. So Sierra's been, been better the last two weeks. No, he, no he has. Been he, better. he definitely has. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, coming into Trans-Tasman, I would have thought the Brumbies had a crack at this one. Sevilla back definitely hurts. Um, and, I mean, it's it's positive for the Brumbies. That it two Sevillas back, mate, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's one that scares me. The other one's, you know... I'm, I'm still pretty scared by both, not going to lie. But uh... There's one that scares me far more. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I'd love to say the Brumbies, but I think that the Canes are going to get this done, sadly, which I don't didn't think I would have been saying. But, yeah, they're going to win by 10. Cool. Hurricanes by 20. Boom, done. Perfect. Wow. And, guys... Is that because Lola is so good, guys? Well, I've got you guys. Hmm. For deserto. What you gonna do with that deserto? Do what do I did that did I do what do I did that did I do what do I did Proudly sponsored to you by Nice um nice camera work there, mate. That's really good for the video. That's a if you if you're catching this, this is the first time Harry's used a zoom background and um he cannot feed the life of him. Hold it's up and display pilk. Pilk. ice cream. We've been through it in recent recent weeks. It's pagonis milk. It's pilk. Uh, do you want to describe pilk to us, Harry? Yep, they're the best empty boxes I've ever had. Plant, plant, just plant, plant based vegan ice cream. Isn't that what it is? I don't know. Yeah, it's plant based ice cream. Harry's trying to hold up a pineapple flavor and a biscoff cookie. The biscoff um, is good. Oh, it is good. <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. All right, I feel like we've been we've been talking about pill for this long because we've got very little in store for dessert here. But look, dessert is um, quite frankly uh, just embarrassing for the three of us here. But uh, we're just going to review. Um, uh, I guess we're going to talk about our reformed total wins for the season from Aussie teams against the Kiwi teams in Super Rugby Trans Tasman. In the regular season, there's 25 matches and one final. So out of the 26 possible matches, um, we estimated how many times we thought the Aussie teams would beat the Kiwi teams. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to go first and just say that I on the podcast did go, I believe it was 10. Did I go six? I think I went six. No, uh, and then before the next podcast. Uh, I, I then said, actually, I want to review that to four. You reviewed to six. I said four and you were nowhere near me. You said ten. <clears throat> no, 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 no. I definitely said six. Uh, okay. and no, no one cares, mate. We're doing. All right. But no, sorry. That's a good point, Nelson. No one cares about what I said. What did you say, Nelson? How many games did you say the um, Aussie teams would win? It's still possible. <laughs> Just say your number. Come on, mate. I don't, I don't remember. It's too many. He said I, eight. I said four. Guys, I'm going to change mine from four. I'm going to dial it back to three. One win a week for the last two. Really? Oh, okay. I'm going to dial mine back to um to one, Um, the one that we've had. That's yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a confident Aussie and I'm going to say three as well. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to go one more than Harry? You don't want to be a little more of a confident Aussie I'm than Harry? More than Harry, no. He meant three for the Waratahs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, the next, next two. Yeah, the next two and the final. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, somehow they're going to play the final. Um, yeah. So that's not ideal. Two teams, guys. Uh, the Blues and the Karuna. Hurricanes are second. Told moment. Probably the Crusaders first. Hurricanes second. 
No, the Hurricanes have got the Brumbies and Reds. That's tough. Oh, yeah, the Blues then. The Blues will be second. The, the Blues have the Reds and the Force. Who, who are the Crusaders? Are the Crusaders playing at home next week as well? It doesn't matter if they're playing. That's, look, that's <laughs> fair. Why, why do I even bother asking? Yeah, that's a good point. Next no, week, they'll have Richie Moonga back anyway. So They'll play the Brumbies, Reds and Tars, so they got the Force. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. That's um. That's yeah. <laughs> so basically put them down for two bonus points, really. Yes. That's, um, yeah, they'll find a way to get an extra bonus point somehow. You know, I don't know how they'll do it, but they'll. they'll Twenty tries. Yeah. All right, let's. Very good. I reckon that's going to round us out for another episode of the Giraffe Rugby Show. We'll catch you again in the next one. Hooroo. Hooroo.